I think it's becoming friends with the tools that you're using and saying, we're going to be partners, kind of like you mentioned, how it's kind of a team member for you, especially when you're first starting out. How can I utilize this tool to work for me rather than against me? Welcome to the She Can Systemize podcast. I'm your host, Taryn Rochelle, your girlfriend with the systems plan. Just like you, I wear many hats. As a mom of two, CEO and founder of the Socialized Style Co. and reoccurring conference speaker, it is my mission to not only build my business around my life, but to help you do so as well. And how do I help you do this? Systems, of course. This podcast is here to help you infuse systems in your business and your personal life so we can ditch the overwhelm and feel in control. So it's time to pop in those AirPods, listen while you work, or relaxing with a glass of wine or my go-to, an espresso martini, and buckle up because we're about to turn chaos into confetti in your life because yes, you can systemize and I am here to help you do it. Hey guys, welcome back to She Can Systemize. I am your host, Taryn Rochelle, and I am joined by Lindsay May. Lindsay is someone that was in a nine to five and left that behind in 2023 and launched her own SEO and website consultation company, The Happy Marketing Co., where she helps female founders grow through strategic website optimization and design. She also has a podcast and community called Happy Lead Her. And I am so happy to have you on the podcast. Thanks for joining me, Lindsay. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Thank you. I got a pitch from Lindsay to chat about Stand Store and it really got my wheels turning because you guys know I love some good system tools and things to incorporate into your business that just makes sense. But sometimes you may not know what tools are worth your time. So when Lindsay had pitched me about Stand Store, I was like, okay, I think this is my girl to talk about this episode. (laughs) with. And because a lot of people don't know about Sandstore or they don't know how to utilize it. And I was like, okay, we're definitely going to dive in to system tools. Um, So Lindsay, I would just love to hear a little bit more about your background and what kind of like got you into one, leaving your nine to five and now how you have really incorporated understanding what tools are right for your own business. Yeah. So I started my career in journalism. I was obsessed with writing and interviewing and I got to travel the world and interview celebrities. And it was so much fun. But after about six years, I was like, okay, now I'm in my mid twenties. I need to get a real job and start making enough money. Right. And so I transitioned into marketing and because I had the background in writing and English and all these things, I was like, content marketing is where I want to go. And through that, I also realized realize the power of SEO for online content, which is blogs, website copy, even social media these days, SEO is really present and necessary. And so I started learning about SEO probably 10 years ago when no one knew what it was, but I was just obsessed. I was just obsessed with finding keywords and seeing websites and blogs rank higher when you would add these keywords and when you would be intentional with what you were writing about. And so 
I was in corporate for about 13, 14 years. And that included my time while I was a journalist, because as you know, when you're like in your 20s, kind of starting out, you're kind of doing all the things. So I think I had like three jobs at the time. But after, yeah, about 12, 13 years, I was like, I'm working 12 hours a day. I'm exhausted. I'm burned out. And I just want to feel more fulfilled and more aligned and especially more balanced. And I feel like a lot of people talk about work-life balance and all of that. But for me, I mean, I was working 6am to 7pm. And I was like, I just I'm too tired to hang out with my friends or date or do anything. Right. So I started realizing that my corporate career was probably going to come to an end, but I didn't know what that looked like. And for anyone listening who's, you know, pursued entrepreneurship after coming from corporate, there's so many questions and it's scary and it's all these things. But a year ago, I was just at my lowest with my mental health and with being burned out. And so I gave 30 days notice like right before Christmas, which is a bad idea. But I started my business two months later, the Happy Marketing Co. And I knew I wanted to incorporate SEO and website design and marketing in general because that's what I had done in my corporate career. But I just I wanted to take it to the next level. And so I niched down pretty quickly. After a few months, I was like, there's not a lot of people doing SEO. So I'm going to focus on SEO and website development for SEO. And so that's what I've been doing. It's been about a year now in the business. And it's wild. Like it's a wild journey to, again, leave corporate and leave kind of the, you know, safety of corporate. Um, But yeah, that's kind of where I took my turn into entrepreneurship and It's been hard to know what systems to use and how to organize your business because when you're in corporate, you're following the systems and the tools that the company is already using. And so that's been a huge struggle for me. And again, I know we're talking about this a lot, but it is hard to understand you know, what is right for you. And I'm a solopreneur. And so it has to work for me specifically. Um, But yeah, there's there's so many tools out there. And I'm just so excited that we get to talk about choosing the right ones for you. You are just like speaking my love language. I'm sure like anyone that's been in my community that's like listening to Lindsay talk is like, Karen finds the best guests that come on her podcast. And I'm like, <laughs> it's because I am I am so intentional on making sure that our values yeah. align so that we yeah. can have these conversations where like the whole time I'm just like nodding my head. Like I know yeah. this is audio, guys. I don't know if I'll ever go into video podcasts because I just like yeah. I can't get ready all the time. But I'm like, <laughs> I'm just nodding my head all the time listening yeah. to my guests talk like Lindsay because mm-hmm. everything you are saying is exactly how I feel. Um, I am also at the time of recording this, a solo entrepreneur. Um, I am big on outsourcing where it's not my zone of genius, but outsourcing in times that are right for your business and financially and mentally and all of those things. I like to have all my ducks in a row before I outsource something. Like I just outsourced my podcast editing after doing it myself for a year. And yes, that was a big thing for me. Yeah. Um, I talked to the girl that I outsourced to, she did my intro, my trailer, and I was like, give me a year, it'll happen. Um, (laughs) And did it a little bit earlier than a year. And I was proud of myself because I was like, I just can't do this anymore. But just like when it comes to knowing what system tools are right for you. And I loved how you Mm -hmm. said you have to make sure that they fit the way that you think and what fits you best. 
That's the same with outsourcing too. Mm -hmm. And it's because you have to make sure that we have the understanding that these system tools are not just going to like solve everything. You have to have your process in place to make these system tools work for you and not against you. So, you know, when you pitched me originally about Standstore, that is a tool that you can house, you know, courses, you can do memberships, you can, you know, put your lead magnets on there. Like there's so many different things that you can do, but it's not going to create those things for you. Like you need to have them in place first and create them and create your process what you want that lead generation process to look like. And then that is just a tool where that lives at. And I think a lot of people go into it with that mindset of like, this is going to solve everything. Like this is going to skyrocket my business. I don't have to do anything. Just open up a stand store and we'll be good. But we have to make sure that we have our process and that we're making sure that these tools are actually the way that our brain works and also the way that we want that client experience to go. Yes. Oh my gosh. So much so. And I think with Stan Store especially is like it came out and everyone's like, oh, another link in bio. And then people started hearing about what it can actually do and how it's different. And I think that's where it started getting more momentum and people were like, maybe I do need this. And just like you said, I think a lot of times when a new tool comes out, people just assume it's going to solve all of their problems. And then you realize, oh, I have to put in a lot of work to actually put a freebie up there or to put, you know, your course, build it out, whether it's there or another system. And so, yes, there's a lot of time investment that goes on when we're an entrepreneur, but it does work out in the end and it is worth it in the end. And so I think it's really important to, yeah, kind of figure out like, what is this going to do for me? And then what do I need to do to actually get it up and get it working for me? Exactly. So you are a year in at the time of recording this to your business, which congratulations, that is a big accomplishment. I'm sure in this year, you have already seen the seasons of life as an entrepreneur and the ups Mm -hmm. and downs, the, the ebbs and flows that come with it. And I would definitely say with those seasons come with seasons for tools that are right for your business and seasons for tools that maybe aren't right for your business in the season of life your business is in. You know, we're talking about tools today, like Stand Store. I'm sure we'll chat about many chat, like all these different tools that like give you that shiny object when you see them on social media and other people using them, but it may not be right for the season of life your business is in. So I, I love that you're coming on a year into your business because I feel like this is really helpful for people that are probably at the same stage that you are at right now. So how do you go about knowing when a tool is maybe not right for you in the season of life that your business is in um, throughout this year or where you're at right now? Oh, I love this question. Um, So I feel like there's a few different categories of tools. I think the first category is what is required to launch your business and scale it to the next level. Maybe this is like 
Q2 in your business where you're like, I really want to expand now. So I would always start with a website and social media, things like that. Those are our basics, right? Always have a website. And I want to say that because we're talking about stand store and a lot of people think that replaces a website, but it doesn't um, because of SEO, which again is search engine optimization that just gets you in front of millions of people on Google. But for me, I had the basics. I had social media, I had a website and that's what I do. So it was easy, right? But then I started realizing, okay, now I need email, which is another really essential tool right away. And then after those, you're kind of like, now what? Now I need something to organize my projects now that I have clients. But also, like you mentioned, ManyChat and Stand Store, those are like sexy tools, right? Like all the influencers are talking about them and they're trending. And so you're like, I guess I need this too, right? To go along with my other tools. But as you know, your first year of entrepreneurship, I mean, you're trying to get to the level of replacing your full-time salary or trying to make this a full-time gig. And so there's a lot of money going out in your first year. You have to be careful. But what I would say is like, yes, those tools look amazing. And a lot of people say, oh yeah, I made $10,000 my first month of having to stay in store. Like there's just a lot of like talk out there, right, about what they can do for you. But I would always make sure you're looking at, number one, what are your short-term and your long-term goals? Like, where do you want to take your business six months from now? And what do you need this month to start building up that momentum? So I think that's really important. And also, like, are these tools a fit for your services? Because a lot of times, again, people create a stand store and they have 20 options in there. And it's like, is this really the flow of your customer journey? Is this really what your audience wants to see? Is this really how you're getting them into your funnel? And so I would say, you know, looking at what is required to take your business to the next level, what do you need right now in your business to support you? And also, like what is the right match for you? Because you don't have to get all the tools. I got ManyChat right away, which is basically automation for your comments and your DMs and stuff like that. And I know there's a lot more to it, but it just wasn't a fit for me right away because I had so many balls that I was trying to juggle. I had so many launches and so many initiatives. And so for me, I was like, I'm going to cross that one off for now and focus on Stand Store. Now that I have my essential setup, which is email, website, social media, all those things, I'm going to put energy into Stand Store. And that's what I did. And I feel like it's been a journey to kind of realize what it really can do for my business. But I had to stop looking at what everyone else was doing because they had 20 things in their stand store. And I was like, okay, so I can't launch my stand store till I have every type of online program or course or freebie or whatever. But you can start with one. Maybe you have a link to your website in there or a link to join your email list and always have some way to get them into your funnel, whether that's a freebie or just a sign up. But you also need to provide value. If you're not providing value, but you're just providing all the options, then it's really not going to be valuable for your business and for your audience. So we kind of like audit what you're doing, what's really important, and then put your energy into that and not do 10 things at once because you're not going to do them as well when you're trying to sort your time between all these different tools. 
Ooh, that is so good. I always say a confused mind rarely converts. And when there is too much fluff out there Mm -hmm. on your website, in your stand store, even in your many chats, like Mm -hmm. I've even seen some like, you know, people using many chat, like, yes, there's a lot of capabilities in there. But if you're not ready for all those capabilities, and you try and plug them in, it's going to confuse your audience. And they're going to be like, what is happening right now? And a lot of people don't don't love getting a ton of automated messages and things like that all the time. Like I personally don't love when I get into someone's mini chat and then I'm continuously getting those automated like follow-up messages 24 seven. Like I personally don't use my mini chat that way. I just like to provide that initial resource and then I prefer to do more personalized follow-ups. I'm not at the point of where I can't do that. I get it for people like Jenna Kutcher and Amy Porterfield who probably get thousands of DMs. Like I understand why I'm getting those repetitive messages. But for me in this season of life and business that I'm in, that does not make sense. Just like I'm sure if they were talking about the season of life they were in at the beginning, early years, they would say the same thing is to keep it personal and build that community that is understanding and that no matter what, if it's personalized or automated or whatever, they still feel like they're getting you and they want to be in that community. And so, you know, hearing you say, you know, I looked into many chat and I was like, you know, this just isn't right for me right now. Mm. A lot of people I'm sure are like, well, everyone's saying to use many chat, like, you know, everyone uses this. Like we're talking about automations, like Taryn, you're a systems girl. Like you're always <laughs> telling me to automate things. And while yes, I want you to automate I always have a percentage for my, when I was doing system builds, we had a company like goal of our clients builds were at least 80% automated, but that is their CRM. That is their project management tool. That is because those tools themselves were already paying for and why not get the biggest bang of our buck and use the automations and really systemize that process. So we have more time to build out more resources for stand store that we have more time to finally have that free resource that we've been wanting to put out. You know, I've always wanted to have a quiz out there and I finally have one because I'm able to have that time and capacity because of the automations that I have in my business. But I, you know, maybe saw quizzes, I saw interact and I'm like, you know, this looks great, but if I would have put it out there in the past, it probably wouldn't have done as well as it's doing now because it just wasn't right for that season of business I was in. And now it just makes sense. So when you have that, like, this feels right, this makes sense. I think that's also part of that auditing process of asking yourself those questions. Like, does this feel right right now? Like, does this make sense to my audience or is this actually going to confuse them? Because that's the opposite of what we want to do. So you already said that you're a solo entrepreneur, um, which I'm sure a lot of people resonate with, especially in the beginning. You know, you talked about a lot, you know, money is going out a lot in the beginning of your business or can feel that way. And I see a lot of people go wrong of like, I need to start building a team like right away. And I always say like, I have a team of a million automations behind me. Like that's my team right now. Um, So what does your dynamic look like as a solo entrepreneur? right now? And then how do your system tools tie into being part of your team as you being solo? Yeah, I love that you just said your automations are part of your team because it's so true. And 
Yeah. I mean, when I was about six months in, I invested in my first mastermind, which was really quick. And again, lots of money out. But I just thought, you know, we have to hire a mentor. We have to have our life coach. We have to hire a business coach. We have to hire team members, right? Everyone was just telling me to do that as soon as I hit my first five-figure month. And I'm like, okay, but now I can pay my bills that I couldn't pay the first month of business where I made zero money, right? So I totally agree with that. Um, For me, I'm very intentional with everything that I do in my business because I've seen a lot of agencies, a lot of SEO marketers and website designers do it wrong. And I've worked for some of those agencies too. And so for me in my business, I want to do things my way. And I know that's a little bit A-type, but that's one of the reasons why I haven't hired yet is because I'm just very careful in how I'm treating my clients and the quality of work. And so for me, that's one of the biggest reasons, but also I know that it's possible to run your business on your own and still scale it to six figures in your first year or whatever your goal is, still hit those goals. And so for me, I kind of release that pressure to hire because Number one, again, I feel like I needed to do a lot of training if I was going to bring anyone on. But number two, I just felt like I didn't need to quite yet. And I totally agree with the fact that you can automate a ton of work that you're doing behind the scenes of your business. And that frees up time for you to you know, actually input into your business, to work with clients, to launch a podcast like both of us have, right? And so for me, I rely on automations heavily with you know a lot of things on my website. So I have a lot of ways to join my email list or download a freebie. I use Stand Store for a lot of that um, as well, a lot of my automations. And again, I did use ManyChat, but like you said, I really wanted it to feel personal. And I feel like when that came out, a lot of people were just doing it just to do it. And they had spelling errors and stuff like that. And that's a really quick way to lose someone. And so for me, I kind of wanted to hone into you know, what do my clients really need? They need the automation of getting a freebie about SEO. And then that has like a whole workflow where I'm connecting with them behind the scenes. And I make it very personable though. So it's, yes, it's automated. And those emails are going out to everyone who joins the list, but it's still me at the end of the day. I still wrote the email. I'm still very personable in all of my content that's going out to them. And I check in with them. So I have Flowdesk, which automates all my emails, but I'm still reaching out in my Gmail, right? Like, how's this going? I saw that you, you know, purchased this or I saw that you booked a call. I'm really excited. So I'm still present. So I would say I have all these automations going for me to get clients in the door to book with me to purchase, but I am so present and monitoring everything. And yes, it's a little bit a type as well, but it's also just, I'm a human and my clients are humans. And I think that's a really important aspect of being a solopreneur, being a single entrepreneur is to make sure that you're still present in everything that you're doing with your company. Yeah. I think that is true throughout, you know, no matter if you have a team of 10 or your solo is to remember that you're human. So we make mistakes and we have those issues that we have to work through and overcome and our community, they're human. 
I always say people go wrong where they see their community as dollar signs. And if you see your community as just money going into your pocket, they're going to see right through that, especially right now in the time that we're in. People love being authentic. People love when they can tell that you're showing up as yourself and that you're doing things for yourself and you're not doing them because someone else is doing them. You're not doing it because this, you know, new tool is out there and I'm going to jump on it. You know, yes, you need to kind of like keep up with the times, I would say like AI is not going away. AI is here to stay and does not mean that you need to use AI for everything in your business or anything like that. Um, again, that's where the personal aspect goes into it. I think a lot of people, I like people, I can tell when you wrote a blog post from AI and you just copy and pasted that blog post over because I'm like, you're using words I have never heard you say before. And this makes no sense. And all these like big adjectives. And I'm like, I could just so tell this is AI generated, but you can still use these tools to make things a little bit easier. So for me, I love to use AI when I'm having trouble, you know, figuring out ideas for things that I need to kind of like, I don't have that other person to workshop those ideas with like a team member. So I kind of love to use AI in that sense of like, that's my team member to kind of workshop these ideas with. Like, it's like I'm having that water cooler aspect of this AI chat bot. And I'm like, Oh, like, tell me more about this. And I'm like, Okay, what about this? And you know, talking with it. I'm like, sounds crazy. We're just like chatting with these chat bots. But it actually does personally help me because just like you, I am very type A and I like things a certain way. Um, and you know, down to the aesthetic of everything in my house, like everything is on brand. My, my husband works for Dungeons and Dragons and he gets a lot of stuff from Dungeons and Dragons. And I'm like, this does not leave your office. I'm like, none of this is going to match the aesthetic of my house. Um, and so I'm like, I love this for you. Um, but I even got to the point where like I decorated his office that like made sense for him. It still looks manly and things like that, but it still is within my color schemes. Um, but he, he loves that because he, that's just not him. He's very artistic, but not in like decorating a house, but he just loves that aspect of it. And so, you know, I am very much that way where I'm very type A and I am very like, I want to make sure that all of these things are happening for a reason and that they are very intentional in my business. So when it comes to figuring out these tools that you want to incorporate in your business, um, it sounds like you are more systems oriented where maybe sometimes things may come a little bit more naturally to you than others. But have you ever faced the challenges of going into a new tool and learning, having that learning curve? And also when you use a new tool or use any system tools, they're going to have bugs, people. Like they're going to have issues that pop up. And especially now that I am in a role with Dubsado of community and partnerships, it's so fun seeing the backside of things because like I'm more understanding of a lot of bugs and launches and things like that, because I'm seeing everything that goes into it. Um, But for a lot of people, they don't, they don't have that, you know, they're not seeing the inside of tools and what's going on behind the scenes. So how do you navigate that? um, Even if you are systems oriented, or have you noticed this with your clients too? 
Yeah. Well, when I first launched, because I am so systems oriented, I created all my systems before I had all my clients. And I know a lot of people do the opposite. They're like, well, when I get 10 clients, then I'll have an onboarding system in place. But for me, I love that aspect. I love setting up a dashboard. I love having templates for everything. And so that was really fun to me. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, she loves organization and systems. Ew. But it was just kind of my strength, right? I love doing it. Um, But I would say the technology piece of these tools as an entrepreneur, like you mentioned AI. When AI came out, I was like kind of offended at first because my career started in content. And I was like, so now robots are writing content for us and going to replace all these people who are writing original pieces of content. But then I started learning how to utilize it for myself like you did. How can I use this to strategize ideas? And if I'm using it to write any content at all, I'm editing the heck out of it, right? It's not going to look like it did when AI produced it. And so I think it's becoming friends with the tools that you're using and saying, we're going to be partners, kind of like you mentioned, how it's kind of a team member for you, especially when you're first starting out. How can I utilize this tool to work for me rather than against me, rather than me thinking it's just another tool to add to the toolbox and learn? Um, And I, again, think it's about how can this tool help you in the everyday, whether that's with organization or onboarding or... um, you know, whatever services you have, those automations and those triggers when you're working through a retainer with a client, whatever it is, I think it's just ensuring that there are things that are going to happen. There are breaks, but you can always reach out to customer service or learn more about it. And so I think that's a huge piece is becoming educated on whatever you're going to be using in your business so that it's, again, working for you and in partnership for you. And I know it's easy to get frustrated when you don't know how to use something, but everyone's going through that right now. And so don't just assume that everyone knows how to use Standstore or ManyChat or AI. Just take some time to learn about it. There's so many online courses or you know whatever tool you're using, there's probably an education or resource center where you can you know watch some videos and learn how to use it. I think that's the best way to be successful with a new tool is to put a little bit of time into it so it's not frustrating for you and so that you are using it the right way because then you're not just blowing a bunch of money and you know using these tools that you don't really know what to do with. So that's kind of a part of my process. If I'm going to commit to a tool, um, then I'm going to invest time in it. I'm using a lot of SEO tools for my business because that's what I do. I do SEO and websites. And so those are expensive. Like those are $200 a month month, even more each. And so for me, I was like, I'm going to just block off a day. I'm going to have a CEO day where I'm learning about this tool. And so I can make sure that I'm using it the right way. And also learning how to you know, tell my clients about these tools because I don't want them to use the tools. I'm not going to show them around in it, but I want them to know what they're paying for and that I have this experience with these super, you know, incredibly important SEO tools like Moz and SEMrush. Um, But, you know, with my clients, I try to just give them the basics. Like what do they really need to know? If there's a tool that's going to send them an automation, um, just giving them a heads up. So I think communication is huge. you're using any kind of tool with your clients, especially um, if they're involved in it, if they have a dashboard or whatever. But yeah, I think it's, it's just important to know how to use it and realize that there is a learning curve. And then again, just making sure your clients know what to expect. 
I love that. And I love that you are like, I'm going to take a day and block this off to learn about this. And a lot of people just dive right into using a tool in their business without learning about it. And we're not saying that you need to become an expert in the tool. Like I think a lot of people have this like misconception of, you know, I'm telling you to learn about Dubsado. I'm not telling you to become a certified Dubsado specialist, unless that is the path that you want to go down. Um, If you're not wanting to set up Dubsado, auto for other people. That's not what you need to know. But some of my clients get to the point where they know the tool so well, they probably could if they wanted to. And it's because they have learned the ins and outs of it. And they want to know, especially when you're involving automations, what's actually happening, you know, what that experience is, is going to be for your clients. And someone had posted, um, I had put a post in the Dubsado Facebook community, which is something I would say, if you are going to, I don't know if you're like this, Lindsay, but if I join a fa- or a, a system tool, I immediately join that Facebook group. Mm. Two reasons why. One, it's a great way to get support. Um, it's a really great way to ask questions. Um, it's a really great way to build community. Um, mm. But also, it's a really amazing way to not feel alone in the frustrations that you may feel in these system tools of like, you know, can this be happening? You know, you can search in there that question that you may be having about the system tool and you'll see a bunch of people asking that same question, what the answers were from the company themselves, from people that work in those communities, and also from people that have been working in these system tools that are just users of the system tools that can help give knowledge that have been using it longer than you have. So literally every single time, like I just started using Riverside for my podcast and I joined the Riverside community immediately. And I'm so glad I did because there's a learning curve with Riverside. I came from Zencaster and while they are both recording tools, they do different things. They have different features. And I just like wasn't prepared for some of the different features in here. But that Facebook group really helped me. Um, But I had put a post in the Dubsado community. And just to see where people were at in their journey with Dubsado, just to kind of get a feel. And someone had said that they had just started and they were setting up their workflows, and um, that they had put their husband in as a client. So they could see what that process looked like for their clients. And I was like, you are making my heart so happy right now. Because it's what I tell my clients when we set up their system tools in the past is, I was like, put yourself in as a client and see this experience, you know, see what's going to happen. Every single time I set up a many chat, I test it on myself. And I put that whatever word I said, I will go put it in a different post so I can see what it looks like and what I'm receiving to again, like you said, look for spelling errors because I'm a human and Grammarly (laughs) is my best friend. And if I don't have Grammarly, then sometimes we have some issues. Sorry for anyone that gets text messages from me with a lot of grammar issues. But I go through and make sure that those things are correct, that they are actually getting the correct link. Because how many times a day do we copy and paste things on our computer? So there will be times where I think I've copied the right link to put in there. And it's the old link that I had copied earlier in the day. And I'm like, oh, now I'm sending them some random TikTok I was sending my friend and not the link to my quiz. So you want to go through and test that experience so that you can make sure that your clients in your community are getting the experience that you actually want 
to be giving them. And that is where, you know, the learning curve of these system tools can sometimes come into play is we were like, well, there's so much testing I have to do. There's so much setup I have to do, but that's just part of it. When we add in something new into our business, it's going to be new. It's going to sometimes be a little frustrating. It's going to be equal parts exciting if it's the right tool for you. Um, But it's going to take time. It's going to take investing money, but then also investing that time into learning the tool. Um, When you go into the investing part, especially because you were talking about, you know, these SEO tools and things like that, that have higher price points. How do you weigh the pros and cons of investing and using tools to elevate your business um, and also using ones you are technically maybe already using or paying for? So for example, I always blow people's minds sometimes when they hear me say this, but Google Meet, if you're already paying for G Suite, you're already paying for Google Meet. And a lot of people don't understand that. Um, And because I didn't even understand that at the beginning, I was using Zoom and I was paying a lot for it. And then I realized just from like, you know, going around in G Suite that I'm already paying for Google Meet. And I was like, excuse me, what? (laughs) Like I'm paying for this tool that I'm not using, you know, yes, Zoom has a lot of different features and things like that. If you're hosting webinar, you know, there's so many other things, but I wasn't doing that. I was literally just using it for meetings and paying for it. And then I'm like, okay, cool. So let's cut that expense out. And now I'm going to be using a tool I'm already paying for. And I actually like it a million times more than I liked Zoom. Um, So how do you go about weighing the pros and cons and then also figuring out what tools you might be already paying for that you can kind of get the most bang for the buck? Yeah. Great question because, yeah, again, in my first six months, I was signing up for all the things because I was like, oh, I need that and I need that. And I do have Zoom, which while you're talking about that, I was like, oh, my God, do I need Zoom? But I do host some workshops and things like that where I'm like, yes, I I need a place where I can house, you know, more than a few people. Um, But you know, I would say as organized as you can be from the start. And that was where I kind of went off in my first few months as a business owner, because I signed up for free trials and then those became paid subscriptions and that just gets really messy. So I would definitely, first of all, write down all the tools you're using and the date, the dates they expire or renew or whatever. Um, that will help you keep track because I did not do that. But, I love that suggestion yeah. because I didn't do that at the beginning. And then I was like, I'm sorry. Like one, yeah. I don't know if you've come into this where you're like, you signed up for multiple tools at the same time and then auto renewal happens and you're like, where did $600 just go out of my bank account is because yeah. they all renewed at the same time. Yeah. Literally. And I had two Zoom accounts at one time because I signed up with two different email addresses. So anyway, it's always good to keep track because you are literally wasting money and we need that income, especially the first year. So yeah, definitely write it down. I just use a a spreadsheet, basic, like it doesn't have to be insane. Um, But also again, to the intention part of your business, what do you actually need to run your business every day? What do you have every month? Like for me, I usually host a monthly workshop on SEO and websites and all the things. And so, yes, it makes sense for me to have Zoom or a platform where I can host people monthly. Um, so that's, you know, one thing off my list, but also it's like, 
what do you need to function as a business? What is going to support you and not just bring you more chaos and more time spent on those things? And also what is going to be the best value for your clients? And that doesn't mean that they have to use the tool. Like they're not using the SEO tools I pay for. I'm using those tools for their account and to optimize their website and to launch a website for them. And so for me, knowing that I use those tools, those also help me create a process and template that process for every single client moving forward. So not only do I have a process and the tools that are really going to make my clients successful, but now I have a completely streamlined onboarding process and tools that make me feel confident because I know I can get my clients results. And that's really what you need. You need to be able to do your job easily. And you also need to feel really confident in your business. And by me paying four or $500 a month for tools, which sounds ridiculous, um, I'm giving my clients the best results. And so I think that's what's really important at the end of the day. And also think about like, for me, I work from home. I don't know about you. I think you actually do because your home office is amazing. Um, But if we work from home, then we're not paying for office space. And if we work from home, then we're not driving to an office every single day, right? So there's always going to be ways to save money. And there's also write-offs. Like we get to write off a lot of this stuff, right? So you might as well go all in on a tool where you feel confident, it helps you get your job done, and it delivers results. Um, But I would also, you know, you can pay monthly for tools, you can try things out for 15 days or two months or whatever it is for the different types of services. Um, But just try things out, see how it goes. And like we said earlier, learn the tools that you get the full experience, and then kind of audit things after a month. Is this really helping my business? Or am I wasting money? And so that's kind of what I do. Yeah, exactly. And yes, tax write-offs are my best friend. You want to make sure you're doing them the right way. So make sure you understand what you can and cannot write off. Like can go get our nails done and then be like, well, you know, I show my hands in my Instagram stories. So this is a tax write-off, but you can write off, you know, your home office, you know, you can write off so many different things, these system tools that you use in your business. And, you know, those kinds of things just make a big difference, especially when you start making more and more income and your taxes are going up to make sure that you are deducting exactly what you can and should be. And these tools are something that you can and should be writing off in your business, but making sure that you are utilizing the right ones in the season of business you're in and not just thinking, okay, well, you know, it's a tax write off. I'm not going to use Kajabi right now, but I'm going to pay whatever it is like $300 or something. Like I'm going to pay for that right now just because I could use it in the future. And it's a tax write off. Like let's also be smart about what we're investing in and making sure that we're making smart business decisions because in the ups and downs of business there are ups and downs in income until you get to that point where you have, you know, exactly how much income is coming in every single month. And even sometimes with that, especially if you're a client base, you know, those clients could fall off for some reason, you know, there could be a really big expense that happens in your business. You could unfortunately get a chargeback of someone getting their money back for something. There, there are a lot of things that can happen in having your own business that you don't necessarily deal with working in a nine to five, the higher ups deal with that. But in your business, you are that higher up. You are that person that's dealing with those things that as an employee level, 
we don't see. And, you know, we wear all those hats and, you know, we're the legal team, we're the marketing team, like we are everything. And so just making sure that we are being very intentional about the investments that we make in our business. So my final question for you is speaking of investments, your top three favorite system tools that you currently use in your business right now. I have a feeling I know what one of them is, (laughs) um, but let's see if I'm right. Yeah. Well, one of them is SEMrush. And I would only recommend this for marketers who are, you know, in the SEO website world. But it's a really fun tool to kind of see what your competitors are doing to look at keyword research. And so it's really like manual process of optimizing your website. So I don't recommend that for everybody. But I know there are a lot of marketers out there who are like, which tool do I use for SEO and research and all of that? So SEMrush is my favorite. It's pretty expensive, but definitely worth the investment. Um, I also love Standstore because it is just a great way to generate revenue that you don't have to do a lot of output to get. It's a great passive income tool. And yes, there's also a monthly fee associated with that, but it's just such a great way to connect with your audience to get better conversions, but you just have to do it the right way. And don't forget your website. I'm also going to say Squarespace is my favorite for websites because it's really good for SEO. And if you don't have a website yet, you can either connect with me and I can tell you all the reasons why you need it. Um, But that definitely goes along with, you know, where you're marketing your services. So I'm just going to package those together, Store and Squarespace, because I would recommend both. And my third one, I would just say the Google suite for your website. Once you have a website set up, one of the top tools that I use in my business every single day, besides Google Analytics, which you also need for your website, is Google Search Console. And for any business owner who has a website out there, this is a number one must-have tool. It's free for you, but it just gives you so much data on your audience. You know, past social media, past your stand store, all those things. It gives you a lot of data. You can submit your website to Google directly and say, hey, crawl my website so I can get on the first page. But that is one of my nerding out tools that as as an SEO expert, I always recommend to my clients and anyone out there, again, who has a website, you need to have Google Search Console and it's a great tool to use. I love that. And when it comes to any of the tools that you guys use and you're thinking about these investments and things like that, please, please, please look into their affiliate programs because I am an affiliate partner for every single tool I use pretty much. Like I will reach out to their chat and be like, do you have an affiliate program if I can't find it? Because affiliate marketing is the most like slept on tool out there, I feel like. And it is something that you can make a decent amount of money for not doing much. I mean, last year, I don't market my Dubsado code at all. Um, It's just out there. It's on my website. Like that's pretty much it. I'm not actively posting all my stories or anything. I made an extra grand in my year last year just from that. Like it's just, you know, it, some people will be like, oh, it's just a grand. Like that's a grand that I wouldn't have had that I didn't have to do anything for. So, you know, there are things that you can do to kind of offset those costs in affiliate marketing marketing is definitely one of them. So look into them. You don't have to be salesy about it. You can 
put it on your website, put a page of your favorite tools, make sure people know legally that it's an affiliate code, put it in your emails. I have a list at the bottom of every single email of my favorite tools and my discount codes, because I also want to provide my community with discounts if I can. And then also I get a kickback from that. And so there are ways to kind of offset these costs in a smart way. But again, you just have to do your due diligence and invest your time in learning them. Um, So I would love to just thank you so much for coming on. This was such a fun episode. And I swear I could talk to you for hours. We are like (laughs) the same. Um, How can others connect with you more? Because I'm sure a lot of people are really going to want to learn more about what you do, hear your podcast and all those things. Yes. So I'm all over social media. I have three different social media channels, but just go to at the happy marketing co because that's where I share all the SEO and website tips. And like I said, everyone needs a website. If you have a business or you're an entrepreneur, you need a website. So go follow me there. And then I would love for you to listen and connect with me on the happy leader podcast. I just help female entrepreneurs get empowered and feel confident because as you know, I'm sure it can feel really lonely in entrepreneurship. So I love sharing my story and I love interviewing women on the show and I'm going to have you on the show next. And it's just a great community to just connect and, and, you know, help us through this journey of entrepreneurship. So I'd love to chat. Follow me again at the happy marketing co on Instagram. And yeah, thank you so much for having me on your show. Yeah, of course. And, you know, entrepreneurship can be lonely, but it doesn't have to be. And by joining communities like mine, like Lindsay's, you know, finding your people, you're not going to feel alone. And we're here to help you not feel that way. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. And we will see you on the next episode of She Can Systemize.